There's no business like show business, but we all quickly forget that business is more important than the show. The show is important to you and I. The business is important to those who invented Hollywood in the first place. The curators of dreams, the marketers of stories, the juxtaposers of good guys and bad guys, the innovators of how to reach your mind, your imagination, and cultivate you into a perfect consumer who desires more movies, more entertainment, more music, more lifestyle. And it works beautifully. For almost a hundred years, until now, when it's crashing and burning. But will it be reborn? Or will something new rise in its place? You know me. I'm all for the new tree that will grow and be true and provide shade to all who create the American story and the American culture through independent art. But this episode is about Hollywood and what comes next for the behemoth that truly is stumbling over its two left feet. Anyone who spends a little bit of time studying the history of the motion picture industry will quickly discover that more than one person was working on figuring out how to take pictures and turn them into animated pictures long before Thomas Edison, long before immigrants took the initiative and founded Hollywood in Southern California. There were inventors in France that came close to perfecting it. Thomas Edison, we know his story. But the point is, it was an ongoing effort by many people all around the world to figure out what the next version of storytelling was, and it involved taking pictures, photographs, and making them animated. So that was the first step. So the evolution of show business really is about this desire to tell stories to each other. And the evolution of Hollywood is truly about very sophisticated, clever individuals who took that storytelling power and turned it into their own little personal fiefdom at first. And they ran it well, and it was a tight ship. Of course, there was abuses all through history because that's just, we're humans. We're, we mess everything up that we do. But if you look past that, they made great entertainment, they made great movies, and they had a successful business. And it all changed when the 1948 Paramount Decree said that you couldn't produce and make movies and also, at the same time, own the movie theaters. So in many ways, it was a real estate business because a movie mogul would build movie theaters all across a region of America and use his movie studio to supply it with movies. It was a closed loop. And so that era lasted a very long time. You should really go study it. You should really watch some great documentaries about the history of this business because a lot of the myths that we believe in pop culture simply aren't true. Many people wanted to tell stories that were filmed. And the original Hollywood moguls, through constant innovation, figured it out and delivered that product to the American people and later the world. 
But those studio heads operated something that was called the studio system. And in the studio system, if you were young talent, your job, your dream was to get a job at the studio, to be literally signed by MGM to whatever kind of contract. Maybe you were just a lower level performer, but the idea was there was a ladder that could be climbed. You may be spotted while you're doing a rehearsal. People made their way through that ecosystem the same way they do now, where it's all spread out amongst agents and managers and little appointments here and auditions here and over there. Everything used to happen really in the uh, studio lots. So if you think about it, films are initially theater, but in a, in a giant movie, on a movie screen instead of a stage. And so there's nothing more exciting and fun and, and really just invigorating creatively than being on one lot of, of land where all the things you need to create shows are and doing that and living and operating that way. And so that was the studio system. There was writer's rooms. There was all these things. Now, I'm too young to have experienced it myself, but I've been through the modern Hollywood machine, which is an agent-run system. So I have seen these historic buildings. I have been to these places, and I have been in some of the, the great rooms. Uh, Juan was my very first agent. I went to his office on Sunset Boulevard, and there was something interesting about the office. It was a very nice, old-fashioned Spanish-looking building right on Sunset Boulevard in a very busy section. It used to be Alfred Hitchcock's office. So stuff like that, that history, that comes from that controlled environment that protected a product and made really a high-quality product that the American people loved and left us with memorable personalities and stars that, to this day, still haven't had their values diminished, their reputations ruined. There's just been enough time that's gone by that Alfred Hitchcock is a standalone institution at this point. So is James Dean in his young career. So the power of fame, all those things were amplified, created the American culture, came out of the studio system, was profitable, successful, uniting, and always promoting American ideals to the rest of the world. That was the legacy of the studio system. Now let's look at the current operating system of Hollywood for probably the last, let's say 40 to 50 years of that 100 year history. That's an agency empowered system that started with really talent within Hollywood saying we're done with the studio system. We want to be independent creators. And the first artist run movie studio was created called United Artists. And what happened in that time, from that division, that kind of seismic moment of change, not as big as the arrival of sound, but up there. What happened after that moment is agents started to get more and more power over the studios themselves. Over time, by getting involved with brands and representing corporations and now to this day where you'll read in the trades, it's not that CAA has signed another great actor. CAA is now representing Coca-Cola and all of their movie product tie-in deals. This agent-run business has killed the art. It killed the thing that the studio system left there to be cared for and taken into the future as the cultivator of American culture worldwide.
box office has always been something that has been touted as a success for a motion picture. The trades have existed as long as the industry has been around. There's been the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, other things, screen time, different magazines all through time, basically explaining the mechanics of the business. When it was a studio-run studio system, the advertising was always about the success of the movies. Slowly, though, as the agency world became the empowered players kind of controlling the entire game field, they started to promote what they do and promote their work. And suddenly, everybody started to talk about and know and be aware of the deals, the back-end points, how much money actors were making, dollar one gross, box office participation. Agents were advertising their gameplay, the agency gameplay. Hollywood is really not supposed to be an agent-run business. If you think about it, an agent is just cutting a deal so that you can get into business with a creative entity. But what they did is they flipped the power around and they stole it from the movie studios. And they've leveraged it and promoted their brand. And that's why everybody's greedy. It's baked right into the culture. I'll get you a better deal. I'll get you more. I'll get you points. All the things that they're getting, but what they're taking is the artistic integrity out of the system. They're taking the potential for artistic integrity out of the system. Think about that for a second. Agents aren't ruled by what's best for the picture. They've become worse than the producers that you end up with at studios or independent producers. As a matter of fact, most producers are actually pretty committed to what they do and, and good at it, especially when they work with screenwriters and young writers. But the agents, the deals they make, the, the way they line up and leverage their power to get what they want, it has a really negative impact on the, on the business. Because it's a culture. It's an agency culture. It's a, a joke that I was saying on social media and I've said to friends, but if you've, if you've done this for a living, you know that when you're young and you're just getting started out, your dream is to get signed by a big, powerful talent agent. But a long time ago, your dream was to get signed by a studio. And so people are going to run around in the future saying, I just got signed by MGM, or I just got signed by Warner Brothers. There'll be in a, part, a, a department that does the contracts and the legal, but it'll be so much more regulated and, and, and not as exciting as this agency world, which enables people to make ridiculous amounts of money in short order and abuse the system and abuse the power. You know, conservatives try to cancel things all the time, but you really can do damage to Hollywood when you boycott movies themselves. Not because the system is going to collapse and never be able to perform again. You're not going to beat Hollywood in that way, but you can always change the people who are occupying the positions of power if their products continually fail. When a movie fails, there's a way that a studio takes advantage of the tax laws and it's never what you think it is when you read it in the trades. There's a way around that economic damage really hurting. But what happens is the folks who are in positions using data, working with agents, creating packages, putting those packages forward, saying to the studio, here's the audience that exists. Here's why you should serve them. Here's the material. This is going to be huge. 
That's the con that's happening against the system of studios, which distribute and release all of this entertainment worldwide. Now, the brand is suffering because the domestic audience in the United States has been ignored for a very long time because the agent-run business was too busy making deals and trying to serve the Chinese audience. That's the biggest film market in the world, China. You don't hear about it. You don't hear it talked about too much, but that is the biggest film market in the world. And culture is power. And trends and norms can be established in that gigantic country that affect the entire world. That's why it's important that we probably consider really rooting for and advocating for some sort of fair play where a studio system exists, but there's not a door closed to conservatives and a door wide open to liberals, but that artists of all kinds can make their way through the door and participate in the recreation and the retelling of the true American story of who we are. Because it was the studio system that did that the first time, it's going to have to be the studio system that does it again. I've done a breakdown, and I see the whole film being shot in about eight weeks. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. I think you should put in a scene near the end where they all throw clamshells. I think that would be great. Yeah? I'm wondering, though, about the lighthouse scene. I am wondering about the lighthouse scene, but I was referring to... The scene on the catamaran. That's my favorite. No, but I love the catamaran scene. I think that should be shot right at sunset, so you get that golden, orangey... Miller time look. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, except it's going to be in black and white. What's going to be in black and white? The movie, it's in black and white. The whole movie? Every scene? Yeah. Well, Nick, if you shoot it in black and white, they're just going to colorize it anyway, so what's the point? <laughs> a lot of theaters don't even show black and white movies anymore. They don't have the right projectors. All the projectors are in color. That's true. That's not... How do you see music fitting in, Nick? Well, I was thinking no music. No music where? No music at all. What do you mean? You gotta have music, Nick. Well, you know, maybe some music here and there, just not wall-to-wall music. Oh, who's talking about wall-to-wall music? No, (laughs) what we're talking about are 15 or 20 good pop hits here and there, you know, at most. Isn't that right? Right. Exactly. Well, maybe a couple of songs. But good. (laughs) Now, you think about these changes, Nick, and get right into the rewrites. I think we have a movie. All right. <laughs> it is so good, Nick. Thanks. <laughs> that is a telling scene from one of my favorite motion pictures about the agent-run system, which is called The Big Picture. It does pretend to be a movie about the absurdity of making movies, but really it's about a young screenwriter his relationship to his agent, and him trying to find his way through a system that is intentionally confusing and hard to navigate and makes no sense. That was the development meeting uh, based on uh, a movie that the studio is picking up and producing. Kevin Bacon is the young screenwriter, and he's got a vision. 
he's going to tell a story and it's going to be in black and white and there's no music. It's going to be really like something that a YouTube filmmaker would make today. And because it's an agent-run business and because deals on top of deals folded into other deals and artists, you know, what's going on behind the scene here is the studio says we want 15 to 20, uh, you know, pop songs for the film that are top hit songs. That's being imposed on him and put into his movie, even though he didn't want it there, because it has an economic need now in this agent-run business. There's agents that represent those musicians that are going to collect royalties. They're going to get percentages of those royalties. Everybody is always looking to get paid in the agent-run business. You see, the, the big giant difference between... Uh, the studio system where maybe you have a contract and you do work and you perform and you get some movies out there and there's a few little bonuses and but you're making your art and you're getting it out in the world or the agent run system where it's how many ways from Sunday can we get paid and everybody's getting paid here and there and there's percentages going out the door everywhere. See, in the studio system, that scene wouldn't have taken place like that because that's not how they were thinking about movies as advertisements for everything else. They were thinking of movies more like our young screenwriter here, Nick, played by Kevin Bacon. And because of that, the studio system produced the greatest movies of all time. But the agent system produced the highest paid actors and actresses of all time, and musicians, and you name it. So which one's better for us as a people? Is it better for us to sit around celebrating the dollar one gross that Tom Hanks gets or the helicopter pad that Steven Spielberg has on his property? Or are we better off with a system that delivers to us great entertainment and it's not about celebrating the products and the marketing that are embedded into it, but it's about the story itself because the story that comes from Hollywood has always been in the modern era, in the last 100 years, the story of America. That's how it has reached the world. That story is important. That story is the most important story of all the nations because of its uniqueness. We can't let our story fade off into the distance because an agent-run system demands percentages and payments for making a few people rich and many, many people miserable. Our art is more important than that. The creator economy, where you're by yourself, is where the next future people will go to be as rich as they can be. And that's the right place for it. Become a big star, become a, a per, like Mr. Beast, even though I'm not a big fan. There's, a, there's an entertainment version of Mr. Beast that's an entertainer, just waiting, waiting to show up and arrive. That's where the big stuff's going to happen. That's where the guy's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. But the art, our story, that's going to have to be a profitable business, but it has to be focused on its importance. Its importance is the story of we the people being heard around the world in its true, authentic form.